The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We welcome you to this service of ordered worship. The liturgy, music, homily, and sacrament are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. On this first Sunday of the month, as is our custom, we welcome all of whatever age, station, or background to participate in the sacrament of Holy Communion. Those listening on the radio may request communion in the home by calling the chapel office. We commend to you the ministry of the chapel and its programmatic offerings and its sermon offerings found on our website. We invite those so moved to identify as members of the chapel chapter simply by so signing the pew roster, by speaking with one of the clergy, or by leaving a note in the collection plate. We encourage one another to continue or to commence the practice of disciplined generosity, of tithing, of percentage giving. And we invite you to ponder just what form your ministry here will take among us in the coming weeks, year of our Lord, 2018. A dish to pass community luncheon follows worship downstairs, and all are warmly invited. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
we pray. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins, and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from St. Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 9, verses 16 through 23. If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me. And woe to me if I do not proclaim for the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? Just this that in my proclamation I may make the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law. I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means have some. I do it for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading responsively verses from 100, Psalm 147 with the Antiphon. Praise the Lord! How good it is to sing praises to our God, for God is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The Lord determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord! and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rains for the earth, makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the animals their food, and to the young ravens when they cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the speed of a runner. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. Praise the Lord. Please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. 
He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with them demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. And there he prayed. Different are the languages of prayer, but the tears are all the same. So Abraham Heschel, whose mighty labors to interpret the Hebrew prophets were drenched themselves in tears. The joyful tears of adoration, the bitter tears of confession, the heartfelt tears of thanksgiving, the worried tears of supplication. Prayer is at the heart of communion, especially a winter communion, and its languages are the tongues of adoration and confession and thanksgiving and supplication. Pray without ceasing, we are taught in the fifth chapter of the earliest document in our New Testament, 1 Thessalonians, without ceasing. We pray in silence before our worship begins come Sunday. Here in this sacred hour, we set ourselves for the week to come and set before ourselves what we hold dear and all in which we are dearly held. Then, Monday noon in meditation, Monday evening in Compline, Wednesday morning in theological community, Wednesday evening in communion, Thursday noon both in sanctuary silence and then over an outdoor common table, and privately, day by day, meal by meal, morning by morning, evening by evening, we pause to pray. Prayer is to sit silent before God. Prayer is to give utter attention. Prayer is to think God's thoughts after God. Prayer, like a poem, is a momentary stay against confusion. So Frost. Prayer is our winter communion. The language learned in prayer is that of adoration. Here is the tongue of aspiration, delight, hope, imagination, wonder, and praise. In the dim-lit daily world, adorational language can be hard to hear, hard to find, for it is the exuberant utterance of, why not, how about, oh my, Sentences concluding in question marks and exclamation points. More enchantment than disenchantment. Our gospel reading at heart is an aspiration, a high hope about human being, human loving, human life, especially about healing. 
Here in Mark chapter 1, the early church remembers, 40 years later, a very high view, an aspirational hope for human healing, a prayer and aspiration that demons be gone, that upon this earth there yet might be real friendship, real fellowship, real love, real marriage, the reality of the union of hearts for which we are made. Are we lovers anymore? For a hint of the eternal, a glimpse of the divine, a glimmer of joy without shade. How we need that hint in our time of humiliation. How we need that height in our culture of degradation. And all this takes time and practice. Our aspirations take the support and the help of a community to last. So in the same breath and in the same paragraph, the Jesus of Mark's gospel and the Lord of Mark's community heals the sick and offers their innocence, not their ignorance, as aspiration. Innocence is not holiness, and holiness is not innocence. They're not the same. Holiness comes after innocence, in the aspirations known both in celebration and in defeat. Behold, Jesus lifts them, lifts us in his arms. And hence, just a few weeks ago, come Christmas, we did sing, Come, let us adore him. And that is a prayer. There is a prayer, a prayer in wonder language. What do you adore? Where is your treasure? There will your heart be also. Our January preachers, with their manifold winter gifts, foretold it. Remember your baptism. Behold plenty good room. Save what you love. Adore restoration, not destruction. So we sing a hymn or three each Sunday morning. Adoration, a language of prayer. A language learned in prayer is also that of confession. Such a dialect is much needed in our time, in our generation. Contrition, compunction, regret, lament, the capacity to say, I'm sorry, forgive me. You you probably one day suddenly realized or will realize the power of confession, Bishop James Matthews once said in a memorable sermon that he came to a day when he just wanted to write down in a list his most memorable shortcomings. I was thinking of him the other day visiting our own C. Faith Richardson, now 102 years of age, who was for decades Matthews' secretary. The bishop wrote down his mistakes and his regrets, his regretful mistakes and his mistaken regrets, That he did and tossed the list into the fire and resolved to live a great good life unrestrained by what was past. I gave the list to God and the fire, he said, and I headed out into the future. Then he added, I'm sure you all have done the same one way or another. Well, I wasn't so sure we all had, but I basked in the confidence 
his confidence in the living pardon of his confidence in us. We depend on this reminder in confession of our fragility. It keeps us from becoming naive about the fragility all around us, especially the disguised fragility of beloved institutions. Many churches are one decade away from demise. Some countries are one government away from demise. Our schools, halls of public life, businesses, families, all these are far more fragile than they sometimes seem. They take constant tending, mending, and befriending. They take daily careful leadership. And when, over time, the fabric begins to fray, devastation can ensue. Institutions like people are nourished by attention to small things. As the fellow said, yard by yard, life is hard. Inch by inch, it's a cinch, bit by bit. So, come Sunday morning, we offer our prayer of confession, week by week. Confession a language of prayer. A language learned in prayer is that of thanksgiving. <clears throat> My friend says that all birds are, are either robins or non-robins, and he has a point. Well, our prayer book of the Bible is the book of Psalms, and in that same oversimplified way, the Psalms are either laments or thanksgivings, and there are more, far more, of the latter, thanksgivings. So today, the psalmist is singing aloud a song of thanksgiving. We know gratitude in hindsight. Thanksgiving is the gift of the rearview mirror of real retrospective. We learn and we grow. And as Ralph Sockman repeated, and now we with him, the larger the body of knowledge the longer the shoreline of mystery that surrounds it, the larger the body of knowledge, the longer the shoreline of mystery that surrounds it. Eucharist is a word that means thanksgiving. It is the marrow this morning of our winter communion. Our Eucharist is a thanksgiving in remembrance and in presence. Eucharist is a thanksgiving in remembrance of our Lord Jesus of his ministry, of preaching and teaching, and today especially healing, of his death upon the cross and his radiant resurrection, Jesus our beacon, not our boundary. Our Eucharist is a thanksgiving in presence, an announcement of the divine presence, the real presence of God here and now in the humblest of forms, Eucharist means thanksgiving in the humblest of forms. In the winter of 1982, the Maundy Thursday Holy Communion service was scheduled to occur in the sanctuary of the larger of the two churches, a two-point charge on the banks of the St. Lawrence River, two churches that shared a minister and perhaps not too much else. In fact, to gather the two into one in communion was a rare event, 
with or without the sacrament. But Maundy Thursday was generally lightly attended, and for once all agreed to share the service, one congregation as host and one congregation as guest. Host, guest. Notice the closeness, the kindred etymology of those two words. Well, the boiler died in the host sanctuary somewhat sometime that day, or perhaps the day before, though its demise was not noticed until about an hour before the service, noticed by freezing choir members there to practice early. In those ancient days, there was no mode or media to announce the dilemma and so relocate. So after some consideration, it was decided to move the service next door into the Methodist parsonage. You knew this was the parsonage because of a sign on the porch saying, Methodist Parsonage. This was an expansive, if drafty, country house with two large living rooms, one a parlor with the piano, and the other with couches and chairs and a large dining room in a big country kitchen. Putting the coats on the porch and the children upstairs, we conjured that we could fit the light Lenten attendance. Sometimes you generalize, and sometimes you specialize, and sometimes you improvise. A trustee sat on the piano bench to turn hymns for the pianist. It was crowded. The children behaved upstairs, at least at the start. Later, you could hear them rustling to run from east to west, giggling as their feet sounded like a small airplane landing nearby then quiet again. Two churches of people who did not regularly sit together of an evening by historical accident and the ingenuity of some lay leaders sat cheek to jowl. There was good close singing in four parts with the choir dispersed into the community. There was a warmth quite welcome at ten below zero outside. At the time of communion, all slowly moved from parlor to living room to dining room into the kitchen to serve and be served. And at the end of a long, full silence, that silence filled the house. A long silence that is full of thanksgiving. Thirty-six years ago, 36 years is about the same distance in time between the ministry of Jesus and the writing of the Gospel of Mark. The memory sifts to hold on to what matters, counts, lasts, has meaning. Of all the worship services in those years, from Christmas to Easter to Confirmation, the one most remembered is the crowded household communion and the silence and the thanksgiving. If you are wondering how to pray, start with a word of thanks, a thanksgiving, a generous recognition of a cause of gratitude you will not have far to look. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, Psalm 147. I have become all things to all people that I might by all means save some, 1 Corinthians 9. So we read a psalm each Sunday, thanksgiving, a language of prayer. 
The language learned in prayer is that of supplication. We name what we need. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will open. Ask, and it will be given. Not always. Not frequently. Not in a timely way. But you don't easily get what you don't name as needed. In supplication today, we feel or murmur or mutter, perhaps through clenched teeth, a prayer of supplication. How will this happen, that for which we pray? We see no easy way. But in supplication, we are reminded of who we are and whose we are. Supplication, the honest statement of what we need, the honest desire to return to a deep personal faith and an active social involvement against all manner of winds blowing against, helps us build the future, a good future. Prayer is in that way a kind of prop, a kind of scaffold. Emily Dickinson had her occasional happy moments and happy thoughts and choice, true words of thanksgiving, amid many and more darker hues aplenty, to be sure. The props assist the house until the house is built, and, the, and then the props withdraw and adequate erect the house support itself and cease to recollect the augur and the carpenter just such a retrospect hath the perfected life a past of plank and nail and slowness then the scaffolds drop affirming it a soul so we offer our common prayer every Sunday, supplication, a language of prayer. Different are the languages of prayer, but the tears, they are all the same. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Ye that do truly and earnestly repent of your sin and are in love and charity with your neighbor, and intend to lead a new life following the commandments of God. Draw near in faith and take this holy sacrament, this prayerful winter communion, to your lasting comfort.
please be seated. Good morning. We welcome you again to Marsh Chapel on this chilly February morning, whether you are seated here with us in the nave, listening at home, in your car, or even on the tee, please know that you are a valued member of our community. For those of you seated in the pews, we ask that you please write your name and contact information in the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew. This helps us to get to know you better and you to get to know one another better. Today is a communion Sunday. We direct your attention to the information about communion found in today's bulletin. Uh, grape juice will be served on the lectern side and wine on the pulpit side. A healing prayer station is also available underneath the first uh, set of windows on the pulpit side for those who would like to partake in it. Uh, because it is the first Sunday of the month, we invite you to uh, join our community potluck luncheon downstairs in the marsh room after the service. We also direct your attention to the list of Martin Luther King Jr. Re remembrances offered both by Marsh Chapel and the wider Boston University community this spring, found on the second to last page of the bulletin. Um, in addition, there is a flyer in the bulletin today. Uh, MOVE, the Marsh Organization for Volunteer Engagement, is hosting a coat drive this week. Um, they are looking for warm clothes, uh, and also they are collecting uh, feminine products as well for the Pine Street Inn. Those can be brought down to the Marsh Chapel office. And now with a few announcements from Music at Marsh Chapel, uh, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. As I said last week, this Sunday begins our lecture series on the St. John Passion right after church at 1230 in the Robinson Chapel. I hope you'll join us for that moment. There are four of those sessions, and we begin today, 1230. At long last, I'm very happy to announce that we have released our first commercial CD. It's called The Most Sacred Body. It's the work that we commissioned and premiered here at Marsh Chapel and then recorded. It's now been released by Gothic Records and is available on all digital outlets. Go buy yours now. Uh, <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, so forth, whatever, it's all there. Or you can purchase a copy here from the office downstairs for $15. It's a fantastic recording and a truly a masterpiece that the choir, our soloist and orchestra uh, commissioned and performed and uh, recorded with great joy. It's been uh, a project that's been many months in the making and we're very happy to share it with you and announce it, that it was released as of Friday. So yay, Marsh Chapel, finally there. <laughs> um, and lastly, I would, I would uh, just give a quick note. The piece that we're about to sing for the offertory is the setting of uh, the Song of Simeon, the canticle, the Nunc Dimittis, um, um, from, from our gospel lesson. And it was composed by a BU alum, Sean Glenn, who uh, was in the School of Theology and a member of the chapel choir uh, during his time at BU, and we're delighted. He wrote it for us, and we premiered it some years ago. Uh, we're delighted to give it second hearing today. Uh, for all of their travel news and announcements, we direct you to our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our website, bu.edu slash chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for our offering, let us remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
for the work before us, the life within us, the fellowship among us, and thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Let us confess, therefore, our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. Amen.